Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to have a Christmas devotional. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you that if you're listening to the podcast and you're benefiting from the content and the material, there is so much more available to you at chrismoles.org. chrismoles.org. You can find out more information about PeaceWorks University. PeaceWorks University is our online membership site, and there is so much more uh, in PeaceWorks University for you. If you're benefiting from the content uh, that you're hearing every week on the podcast, I highly encourage you to consider joining PeaceWorks University. You can find out more at chrismoles.org. All right, let's run into uh, the podcast content for today. You know, Uh, At the time of this recording, we're coming up on Christmas 2020, and I know 2020 has been a year. Uh, Most of us have uh, had a unique experience in 2020, and our Christmas experience is going to be unique. And I think that's probably even more uh, so the case for those who are in an abusive relationship. Uh, Perhaps you're a victim of domestic abuse and Uh, This is going to be maybe the most trying uh, and difficult Christmas of your life. Maybe you're a perpetrator. Maybe you have been accused of being abusive or you have uncovered and and realized that you've been abusive. And this is going to be a difficult season for you. The wrestling, the, the understanding of repentance, the time and energy that it takes uh, to seek forgiveness. Those are difficult things in a very difficult season Uh, of life during uh, a very important holiday for most of us, a holiday that we would much rather be celebrating with family. For many of us, we're going to be isolated. So, you know, rather than diving into the same content that we talk about week after week, I wanted to give you a little bit of scripture uh, and some devotional content today as we consider just how awesome the Christmas season is and how important the incarnation is to us. So I'm going to be reading some scripture and some devotional words today. We're going to start in Romans chapter 8. Now, that may not seem like a Christmas passage, um, but it it is, in my mind, a very important um, Christmas passage as we consider what Jesus has done for us. So listen along as I read from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 18, uh, and I'm going to go through the end of the chapter. Yet, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal in us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious redemption from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
and we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory, we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted kids, including the new bodies he has promised us. Like that's a really, I'm going to pause for just a second. That's a really awesome promise that we can trust. And I know many of us are looking for the completion of our redemption, even as we wait in present suffering. Let's get back to the passage. Verse 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for all the time, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Isn't that awesome? Like, have you stopped to think about that? Sorry, I keep pausing, but I'm amazed so many of us don't know what to pray for. Maybe you have been in a really desperate situation right now and you feel like your prayers are not getting higher than the ceiling. Well, trust that in your inability to pray, the Holy Spirit supersedes that. He takes your request to the throne of God himself. He interprets. Don't you love that? I know there are times that I'm trying to pray and I really feel like the Holy Spirit goes, God, what Chris is trying to say (laughs) is this. Listen to his heart. Verse 28, And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Look at this, all past tense, right? He gave, he gave, he gave. I think sometimes we hear verse 28 and we think, well, where's the good? The good is in becoming like Jesus. The good is in what God has given us, right? He gave, he gave, he gave. Verse 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or we go hungry or become destitute or we're endangered or we're threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory 
is ours through Christ who loved us. That is what Christmas ultimately brings to God's people. Hello? Don't you love that? That Jesus came, he identified with us, he put skin on, right? He lived this perfect life in, in what results in a reality of what can come between us and God. Nothing, 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 and nothing. Verse 38, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen, right? Nothing. Nothing is going to come between us and God's plan for us. If you are suffering now under the hands of an abusive spouse, God is bigger than your abuser. If you have been abusive and hurt, God's bigger than your sin. Will you trust him? Will you surrender? Will you repent? I love uh, the take on this passage from Dr. Paul Tripp. If you are familiar with Paul David Tripp, he has book after book and resource after resource, but one that has been uh, very helpful to many of us is a daily Advent devotional that he wrote a few years ago called Come, Let Us Adore Him. After reading Romans 8, I, I want to share with you from that devotional book. I encourage you to go and purchase this book and use it in your next um, Advent reading. It's a tremendous little book, but I want to read you today's reading. December 22nd is when this podcast will be released. And so this is the reading for December 22nd. Uh, reflect on what the pastor trip is teaching us as you think about what we just read in Romans 8. The incarnation, he says, the incarnation of Jesus Christ is God's clear demonstration that he will always make good on his promises to us. There's a huge comfort in Paul's argument in Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? Paul powerfully argues that when God fulfilled his promise to send his Messiah son to earth, he guaranteed that he would fulfill every other promise he's made to us. Paul also argues something else. The past grace of the birth of Jesus guarantees that we'll receive the present grace that we daily need and the future grace that is our hope in this life and the one to come. How can you not love the comfort that comes from these words? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. What sense would it make for God to go to the extent of sending his son to be born for our sake and then to abandon us along the way? Since God was willing to make such a huge investment in his grace, isn't it logical to believe that he will continue to invest in his grace until that grace has finished its work? 
You see, the real historical events of the incarnation of Jesus are our guarantee that God will continue to deliver us everything we need. We need divine rescue. We need forgiveness. We need to be transformed. We need to be delivered. I'm going to pause for a second. Is that true of you, listener? No matter your circumstance, no matter which side of the discussion you're on, whether you're a people helper, you're a survivor victim, you're a perpetrator, abuser, you're a family member, do you need divine rescue? Do you need his forgiveness? Do you need transformation? Do you need deliverance? I think we can all say a resounding yes. Pastor Tripp continues, we need God's faithfulness. We need his patience. We need his wisdom. We need his power. We need his mercy. We need his rule. We need his love. None of these things are at stake. None of these things will wear out. None of these things will quit working. God will never get tired of blessing us with these things. God will never get impatient and decide to quit. He will never get so irritated with the things we say and do that he'll turn his back on us and walk away. He will never get distracted or become weary. Think about the fact that over thousands and thousands of years between the sin of Adam and Eve and the birth of Jesus, God stayed faithful in every way and in every moment to his purpose to send his Redeemer Son. God exercised his power and authority to guide human, natural, and international events so that the time and circumstances would be as they needed to be for the coming of the Messiah. The biblical narrative is filled with hope. Let me pause. Do you have hope today? The Bible and the Word of God, the the story of God, filled, filled with hope. Take hope today. Now, that hope may require hard choices on your part. It may ask you to do difficult things of yourself uh, and of others, but hope is present. He continues, The years between the fall of Adam and Eve and the coming of Jesus present a powerful promise to us that God can be trusted. They tell us that no matter what it takes or how long it takes, God will always do exactly what he promised to do. But Paul Now we're back to Paul, right? Back to Romans 8. But Paul preaches something more. He ends with this wonderful thought. If God was willing to send his son to restore our relationship of love with him, you can be sure that he will not let anything separate us from his love. You see, the Christmas story is the world's best love story. It's about a God of love sending the son of his love to live a life of love and die a death of love, so that all who believe in him would be welcomed into the arms of his love forever and ever. Embedded in the Christmas story is a promise of unbroken love for the children of God. You can do the dumbest thing and God will still love you. You can have a day when you ignore his existence and God will still love you. You can fail to do what he's called you to do, and he will still love you. I'm not arguing that sin is okay and that you should not take it seriously. I'm arguing that the security of our relationship with God has never depended on the faithfulness of our obedience. If God withdrew his love every time he failed, there would be no hope for any of us. 
The unbreakable faithfulness of God's love for us is such a huge comfort precisely because we're unfaithful. The unsustained, the unstained perfection of God's love gives us hope because we aren't perfect. The Christmas story is one big beautiful promise. The fulfilled promise of Jesus' birth guarantees that God will, in His perfect timing and in His wise way, fulfill every other promise He's made to us. Past grace is your guarantee of present grace and of all the future graces you'll ever need. And at the very center of the guarantee is the promise of God's eternal love. God sent His Son to us because He loves us. His Son now lives within us because God loves us. And we will live with Him forever because God loves us. As you celebrate the birth of Jesus, celebrate the unbreakable love that His birth guarantees for you. What a wonderful reminder that Christmas is not just about the immediate and not just about an event in the past. It is both a reminder of God's past grace, His present grace for us even in a difficult time, a place of suffering or trouble, as Paul puts it, but a future hope of grace that God will come through on His promises. He always has and He always will. For those of you who are in the waiting, waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled in your life, I want to pray for you. I want to remind you that God is faithful and true. You may not see it in the present moment, but Christmas reminds us that He keeps His word. Reflect on His past graces. Trust in His future grace. And watch what happens in the present as He sustains you with His present grace. I'd love to pray for you guys uh, for this Christmas season. So if you would, join me as I pray for all of our podcast listeners uh, to experience uh, Jesus this Christmas. Lord, we're so thankful that you've given us a relationship even through this podcast, that you've called us as believers to come together. And in these moments, Lord, I know there are some who listen to the podcast on their way to work, others who listen uh, every night before they go to bed, some who take great comfort in the words that we speak on the podcast, and some who take great offense. And it's for everyone who hears these words right now, Lord, I lift up this prayer. In their time of trouble, in their time of struggle, in their time of difficulty and confusion, Lord, we want to trust you. Help them as they and I reflect on the past grace of your Christmas gift, your Redeemer Son, trusting in the future grace of ultimate redemption. Lord, would you give us the patience, the endurance, uh, the perseverance to trust you and honor you and be sustained by your present grace. Lord, thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. No matter how devastating it is in the temporal, it will never shake the eternal. Lord, bless everyone who listens to the PeaceWorks podcast uh, with a healthy reminder that Christmas is just a, a giant arrow 
pointing to your promises and how you always are faithful uh, to keep them. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the PeaceWorks podcast. We'll be back to discussing our normal topics next time, but I hope that this reminder has encouraged you and blessed you and drawn you again to reflect on the past grace of Christmas that uh, is uh, pointing us to a future grace so that we can live in sustaining grace today. Until next time, friends, God bless and Merry Christmas.